HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This week on Meet and 3, we bring you stories about how Gen Z is different from their millennial predecessors through the lens of food. My knowledge of alcohol didn't really come from like Bud Light commercials or like Project X. Yeah, and that's my gripe with the platform as well, is that all these DIY videos, cooking videos, they're 20 seconds. What's one food item from your childhood that you wish you could have today? Dunkaroos, because they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Although, the Dunkaroos Twitter was activated again a year ago, so it's only a matter of time. They've tweeted a couple times, it's pretty hype. Listen to Meet in 3, HRN's food news and storytelling roundup, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lisa Held, a food journalist and podcast host, presenting Behind the Label with American Humane. Produced by Heritage Radio Network for Springer Mountain Farms, This podcast series dives into what the American Humane Certified Label really means. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Trevor Smith, founder and CEO of Snack Jones, a next generation snack box launching in September. Snack Jones offers a curated box of better for you snacks delivered to your doorstep. You can choose women owned or black owned brands, as well as snacks that fit your specific dietary restrictions. So I'm super excited to have you on Trevor, not just because I'm a snack lover, but also because um, I know that you have founded a few different businesses. You have some really good sort of uh, war stories and advice, and you've been there and done that. And so this is kind of what this podcast is all about, just <laughs> getting not sort of the aspirational, I've made it to the top of the mountain stories, sure. but like, the, how am I going to bushwhack my way without like falling off a cliff? <laughs> right, <laughs> of right. Or if I do fall off, that's okay too. Absolutely. Um, so that's my very long, welcome Trevor. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, you're right. I have had opportunity to do um, a lot of different things in my journey as an entrepreneur. Um, I will say, I don't think you, I don't think you ever reach the mountaintop uh, yeah. in this entrepreneurial uh, journey. Cause as you know, it's just not what it seems. And even yeah. the, the most seemingly successful entrepreneurs are, have the exact same problems as uh, um, as a new entrepreneur, you know, more money, more problems. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's so hard to remember that. Like we, I'm going to just launch right in. We'll get sure. into your childhood in a minute, but yeah. um, you know, it's very present for me right now because last week um, we had a, you know, a pretty serious debacle at our co-packer with mm-hmm. whom we have an incredible relationship. They're the best in class, mm-hmm. best possible, you know. Um, but a, a pouch got mislabeled and it had an allergen in it. And oh, we wow. had to do a voluntary, you know, recall wow. of one lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone goes into their, you know, get it done mode. You know, the my 
social team works on like customer service, potential inquiries, obviously mm-hmm. operations is all over it. Sales reaches out to the different, you know, distributors and, and we were all, you know, we were all very much kind of in our get it done mode. I'm talking to, you know, the stores as well as um, investors mm-hmm. and thank goodness, you know, it, it's, it, it's okay. Um, right. But when it's happening, you know, when it's happening, you feel like this has never happened to anyone else. You mm-hmm. feel massive shame. Mm-hmm. You feel fear that you're going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or not say something that you're supposed to say. It's mm-hmm. like your your whole amygdala, I think, gets like flooded and mm-hmm. everything in your frontal lobe kind of goes away. <laughs> and, <laughs> It's and and that's why you have systems and that's why you have templates and things like that so that you don't have to rely on knowing what the right thing to do is in those moments and that and you can fall back on something that a saner, calmer, more thoughtful you did. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you? I mean, I, like you just said, there is no top of the mountain. There's mm-hmm. no one who feels immune to this. Mm-hmm. Bigger companies, bigger problems, more sales, more potential complaints. Like, it, how do you, I mean, let, let's, before we even start talking about you growing up and what you wanted to be, let's just have like a real mental health discussion. For oh, absolutely. Yes. It, it's so important. Uh, and for me these days, I called it uh, practice, practicing extreme self-care. Um, (laughs) because there's nothing more important than keeping as the entrepreneur, than keeping yourself clear minded. Right. And I, and I I always, and I've been leaning on clear minded recently because just telling entrepreneurs that they have to take care of themselves is sort of like, ah, okay, I'm doing that. But if you really start selling the, uh, the benefit, which is having a clear mind to make decisions and handle the incredible pressure of being an entrepreneur, then it, it, I think maybe it'll hit home a little bit better. Yeah. Because what people don't understand about entrepreneurship, uh, the inside story is that uh, the daily experience is um, a lonely, stressful, anxiety-filled, up at dawn, pride-swallowing siege. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, I was, I, I don't know, my ki- I was with my kids and I was like, got to call this person, got to call that person, got to explain this. Mm-hmm. I was nervous about one call. I was, you know, sure. nervous about another call. And I think my son was like, isn't it kind of ironic that technically, you know, you work for yourself? Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, it is kind of ironic. It's ironic. <laughs> I don't feel that I work for myself. I nope, feel that I you work, work for, for everyone else. Everyone else. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I felt the same when I was uh, in in the thick of it with Secret Squirrel and specifically when um, in terms of money, like I was paying people. Right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was I wasn't getting paid. Right. Uh, people were having the, the the weekends off, but I never had the weekend off. Right. And it's just it just goes on and on when you deal with every aspect of the business, um, yeah. be it your uh, brokers, your retailers, your employees, your yeah. vendors, your family. Everyone gets paid or gets their due before you do. It's just another aspect that people don't understand about um, what what creates the pressure cooker situation for entrepreneurs. And I'm glad that now these days that people are talking more about it, because yeah. the more we talk about it, the more we can come up with um, ways to to cope with it. Um, right. And at the very know. least, you know, normalize it. You normalize know? it. I mean, yes. Yes. I, I wrote my lawyer a question and he mm-hmm. was like, oh, you know, I love this one. Like he made it so, it was so nice because he was like, and then there's the person who writes you this. And then there's what he, it was like, he's seen it so many mm-hmm. times. And it's, mm-hmm. and I mean, I have to say my Whole Foods buyer was incredible. Like there, mm-hmm. once you, it's like anything that you are scared to to say out loud and then you say it out loud and then everyone's mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's so normal. Of course you feel that way. Of course right. you have that. But right. there's this like this double whammy of feeling like you have to get it all right all the time, feeling mm-hmm. like you have to be a leader of a team. Mm-hmm. And even though you kind of know that you're supposed to be vulnerable because that's somehow supposed to be good for you or mm-hmm. everyone around you, it's, 
very hard because you're scared you're letting people down all the time. Absolutely. So, um, and, you, and yet you are doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't help it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember uh, also in the thick of it with Secret Scroll, and I was partnered up with, uh, um, uh, in a way, with a, a kombucha brand, and we shared an office together. And um, we had this office, we called it the Moan Room. Right. Because we, we were just constantly, you'd be on the phone, you'd hang up and we just, oh, you know, yeah. it's like, what happened now? And we'd have a talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, we also uh, oftentimes talked about like, why are we doing this? Yeah. You know, what, what is the deal? And, and you're right. Here I am having gone through the entire experience, the entire life cycle right. um, from start to acquisition to working at the big company. Um, and now I, uh, here I am looking for more. And the deal is, I don't have a choice. Um, you know, a bear's got to be a bear. Um, yeah. You know, you you. It's like an art, right? And you have mm -hmm. to just follow follow your passion. Um, and although it's really hard, I'm not living for the pain, right? I'm right. looking for the the meeting the objective. I want to be successful. I want to make the vision come alive. Yeah, um, that's yeah. what I'm striving for. So all the, the the journey, all the pain and the suffering. That's just you know, I'm not. I wish it were easy, but it's not. So yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my guess is what we're going to get into, hopefully, is some things that you have learned along the way that will make this, you know, at least a smoother journey. You know, yes, there are yes. certainly things. And, and that is like the entire point of this podcast. Like mm -hmm, 100% mm -hmm. the point is to to hopefully just make some footsteps in the snow so that people don't have to, you know, cross-country ski in sandal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I like all of. Have you noticed? I've had all of these um, metaphors today. Okay, so bushwhacking <laughs> and cross-country skiing. I've never right, cross-country right. skiing. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Next um, will be like uh, rock climbing, <laughs> and then there'll be uh... <laughs> something about being on belay. Um, right. Right. Okay. So let's go back. I had to okay. just get that off my chest and talk a little bit about mental health. Okay. So I know that you were one of those kids. Just you had a business every turn. You every were turn. selling something, distributing something, marketing mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, was it just always very clear to you that that was going to be something you were going to continue to do for your life? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you, you're right. I was just always doing things. Once I discovered that there was opportunity for me to use my creativity to create things that people, uh, would change people's lives or, or, or provide something uh, to get, bring joy or solve yeah. a problem. I was into it and I was yeah. just doing it. And, um, you know, uh, like, um, you know, my first job or my first hustle, as I call it, was uh, mm -hmm. a newspaper route. It was the mm -hmm. best thing ever. I was yeah. so proud of that job and, the, and yeah. the work I did and, and going door to door, trying to keep people, get people to get a subscription and then getting up at 5.00 AM and, you know, doing my job. Yeah. Um, that, that just, that's just what I did. And it just continued on and on. My issue uh, in my journey to be an entrepreneur is um, uh, life and expectations mm -hmm. that were put on me later on, or, or I put on myself either way, you know, like I felt like having an income. Uh, yeah. Actually having an <laughs> income. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, my parents couldn't pay for me to go to college. Um, right. So I needed to pay my own way through college. Um, and I remember, and it took me 10 years to do it. And wow. I remember the whole time I, I kept working and then I take work a semester, take off a semester, work a semester, take off wow. a semester. And I just felt like I had to achieve this goal of, uh, of having a degree. And I eventually got it. You know, I got a, my bachelor's degree in economics. Um, but I also knew I never really wanted a job. Right. right. But after having gotten a degree, I thought, well, I should go get a job. Right. <laughs> so then I went, <laughs> so then I just, I, I, I moved on. I started working in, in uh, working a career, you know, initially I wanted, I was working to be a futurist. Um, and I oh. worked at, the, at a futurist firm. Okay. It was, it was, yeah. Is that money? Like future? Like what is a futurist? A, a futurist is a, a long-term strategic planner. Okay. Um, you know, you take into consideration, um, uh, social, technological, environmental, oh. economical, and political forces to determine or predict things that will happen in the future. Um, wow. And, and really, then to what really, end? Like to, help uh, to what end? People. To create a report of some sort for really right. big companies. That's right? very cool. That's yeah, very it was, cool. 
Yeah, yeah it was super cool. And it's, it really aligned with my, my way of thinking. I always say my superpower is that I can see the future, right? Mm -hmm. And that sort of work uh, um, aligned with that perfectly. Um, the problem was that I was uh, a young kid on the staff and and clearly didn't have uh, all the experience I needed to do the job and was overly ambitious. And mm -hmm. so I, don't, I wasn't satisfied with, was work, with where I was at. Right. Um, but I did get an opportunity. Uh, the Internet was just starting up back then. And I had uh, as a young guy on the staff, I was tasked or actually I, I grabbed the opportunity to build their first website. Um, wow, <laughs> and that's and that's what led me down the pathway of switching careers and then going into tech. Um, Very cool, you know. And again, I was following my career. I kept thinking I need a job, I needed this, so let me go. And I was just right. following along. But the deal is, for every job I ever had, I was always trying to find a way out. Yeah, interesting. With, without a doubt, and it was always a little side entrepreneurial thing that I had in mind. Right. And of course, that takes away from your focus on the career that you're building. Um, Still, I managed to build and build and build um, until uh, at one point, a friend of mine who had done um, had been really successful in his business. Um, he's, he was an entrepreneur and he knew about my passion for and wanting to be and do that sort of thing. He, he looked at me one day and said, what are you waiting for? Yeah. And I was like, ah, uh, OK. Right. <laughs> so that led me down a whole new path of again. And, and, and at that point, I was actually trying uh, to be an entrepreneur full time. And let's yeah. talk about that moment a little bit, or like that, you know, that time a little mm -hmm. bit, because I would say overwhelmingly the DMS, the emails, the occasional random phone call that I get from people that listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. ideally y'all don't call me just like, <laughs> I will respond probably if you reach out other ways. Phone calls are a little bit, they feel a little weird, just mm -hmm. public service announcement, but thank you for <laughs> trying to reach me. And I appreciate that you, you know, like the show. So, but the overwhelming, um, question is, I don't know if I'm ready to jump in. Mm. I don't know if it's time yet. I've had this pressing idea. And I mm -hmm. think, I think part of the reason why, I might, at first of all, I'm very maternal in like my approach, which is mm -hmm. sort of like, I'm not like, just go for it because mm -hmm. I don't believe everyone should just go for it. Mm -hmm. And I think we have been in this culture of like entrepreneurship worship where mm. people are just kind of told to like throw caution to the wind and like you do you and you be a badass and you mm -hmm. go out there. And meanwhile, like you don't have a great product. You haven't mm -hmm. done the research, you know, you're mm -hmm. not really cut out for this type of thing. And mm. I do think that right. that's huge right there. Yeah. And I think that's like the mother in me, not mm -hmm. like just kind of being like, well, let's look at where you would go in the store. Mm -hmm. But then there's right. then, but there is this inflection point where, I mean, I remember vividly people telling me if this sauce, if, if you could make a fresh sauce, that had mm -hmm. a longer shelf life that was as good as this, it mm -hmm. would have been done already. Mm -mm. And I right. remember being like, I feel like that's like, that's the classic line that people hear before they quit their day job. Mm -hmm. Like that's not true either. So right. how would you, to all those people that kind of are wondering, like I have this amazing fill in the blank, cookie, cracker, chocolate mm -hmm. bar, shampoo, like, Mm -hmm. what would you say is kind of, obviously it's very personal. Sure. Sure. So I think yeah. of, um, right off the top, I think of three things. Um, one, um, entrepreneurs have, um, uh, are, are creatives, right? Are yeah. they're artists. Um, we're the, we're the, um, artistic branch of the business world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> so, um, we have, we have big vision and that's, and, and my first thing I always say is that I never criticize an entrepreneur's idea, whatever yeah. it is, whatever their vision is. Right. Because I don't actually know their whole vision. I don't know what's in their heart. I don't know what they plan to do and mm -hmm. how they plan to, uh, uh, position or angle their thing just right. So that it's going to be, a, it, that it's going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to be supportive and look out for things, big mistakes, but I say, you know, do it right. Mm -hmm. I don't say go out there, throw caution to the wind and, and, and be a badass. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, 
But um, the second thing I like to talk about is I tell entrepreneurs to start to start now. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I say start now, I don't mean quit your job. I mm-hmm. mean, start doing whatever the little things um, um, are that are required to make your business um, uh, to start your business, to, to start it. Do it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you'll learn a couple things from this process. One, um, once you make an official start, you start actually getting some uh, you might um, you'll have to interact with people and they're going to yeah, give you more. Yeah. And exactly. You'll get feedback. That's going to help your idea. Yeah. Um, you might run into roadblocks right out of the gate that you weren't aware of. Yeah. Right. Um, so and, and, and starting small is key with this. Right. You just need to handle it step by step by step. You might find that um, just a little bit down the road, you're not actually cut out for it. This isn't yeah. really going to be your thing. Right. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe the concept itself, maybe you are still um, hardcore entrepreneur deep inside. You just need another idea. Right. Yeah. So. So start that thing. Your grandma's pickles. Right. And you're going to spend for all of your friends and family every year, but you're not necessarily going to turn it into a business, which is also viable. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So um, I had a third, I had a third point, but I've I've missed it here. Um, Well, honestly, the start now thing is, 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 really great because mm-hmm. basically you're not choosing yes or no. You're not choosing do it or don't do it. You're mm-hmm. just saying if you want to do it. Great. Start doing it. Just don't necessarily decide that it's going to go from zero to hero in a minute. Get exactly. to know who's going to buy it. Is it mm-hmm. like I tell people leave, leave the cookie out on the counter. See how long it it's free. See how mm-hmm. long it lasts. See if it's mm-hmm. still good a week later. Mm-hmm. See if you wrap it this way, mm-hmm. you know, all of the, the, you can test so much for nothing. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I think that's really good advice. And, and okay. there's so, and again, there's so many, like, as you're saying, there's so many small ways to start and to go ahead and fail, fail fast, right? Before yep. you totally throw all caution to the wind, just sort of give it a go. And it might not work the way you thought. Most things don't. For it, <laughs> yeah. by the way, um, and then you you tweak it and maybe move in another direction or another direction or just put it off all to the side and don't feel bad about it. Just yeah. let it go and yeah. then move on to the next thing because that is that is the art of entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a really good way to put it. I think we're going to take a little break right now. We're going to come back, talk about Secret Squirrel and then how it's sort of affected the way that you are launching Snack Jones. We'll be right back. I'm Lisa Held, a food journalist and podcast host, presenting Behind the Label with American Humane. Produced by Heritage Radio Network for Springer Mountain Farms, this podcast series dives into what the American Humane Certified Label really means. We're looking inside the farm certification process, beginning with the moment a farmer expresses interest in becoming American Humane Certified, all the way to a consumer seeing the seal on store shelves. And American Humane is our country's first national humane organization, founded way back in 1877. Now we certify nearly 1 billion farm animals each and every year. Despite that growth, uh, roughly 90% of U.S. farm animals are still raised without the benefit of independently verified science-based standards. Subscribe to Behind the Label with American Humane wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm back with Trevor Smith from Snack Jones. Um, Okay, so we've talked about a lot, um, and yet we haven't actually (laughs) talked about the businesses. So you, I know that you, I know you had a few, but the one I want to talk about is the Cold Brew Company that you started in 2012. Um, You grew it, you grew it, you grew it. You sold the business four years later. Then you had to basically, from my understanding, work as Mm -hmm. part of an employment obligation to that, um, you know, acquirer. Yes. um, Which, from what I understand, is also kind of industry standard, something to keep in mind. 
Um, and here you are back at it, starting a new concept. So mm-hmm. tell me in the next 20 minutes, everything that you learned from day one. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the things that really come to mind when you think about the process of building that company, the process of selling that company, yeah, um, yeah. And, and how you landed where you are now. Sure thing. Hey, you know what, um, Allison? I think it'd be fun. I, I want to play author. Um, I, I want to act like an author for a moment um, yes. with you. Because, um, okay. you know, uh, <laughs> since um, um, my contract ended um, from the acquisition, um, my first thought was I wanted to write a book, right? Yeah. And I've been working on it off and on for the past year plus. And I've been, it's been off mostly because I've been, I got really focused on Snack Jones. Right. Um, but I did post my first chapter um, to LinkedIn a while ago. And I always feel like the first, the intro part that I wrote really explains, this is a good intro to <laughs> how uh, how uh, Secret Squirrel got going. It's like the very Read beginning. It. All right, Read here it. we go. <laughs> Babe, I lost all of our money. Those are the words I spoke into the darkness while laying in bed next to my wife. She said, what the hell? And a few other choice words. I tried to explain. I tried to calm her. I told her I had it all under control and I had a plan and a new business idea we could work on together. She had always been supportive of my entrepreneurial endeavors. And this news was a big letdown as I knew it would be. That was the official beginning of Secret Squirrel Cold Brew, the most successful, difficult, life-altering and enriching entrepreneurial endeavor yet in scene amazing <laughs> i mean i think it's the beginning that's, of a movie yeah yeah <laughs> that like, that's how it started i mean yeah. in the farmer's market um you know just trying to generate part-time income yeah all all i knew about uh cpg and i knew nothing <laughs> well i knew two things i knew about branding um from my experience in, in the tech world working in advertising agencies and digital agencies. And, um, I knew about, um, uh, branding. That's it. Brand- oh no, excuse me. I already said that twice. Uh, branding, branding and, and branding. branding and branding, uh, branding and coffee. I knew about right. coffee. Um, so <laughs> you're like, wow, you knew one thing. That was actually a really funny way to put it, but <laughs> <laughs> next time I'll remember that. Yeah, exactly. Um, you so, can put it in your book. I won't, I won't, you know. Awesome. <laughs> so branding and coffee. We just, we started off in the farmer's market and um, my wife was handwriting these, t- these labels on masking tape and we just started and yeah. it was just, you know, we learned on the job and moved from, you know, the farmer's market to the local cafe, to the, you know, local grocery store and just and grew from there. Um and this was like 2000. This was 2016. 2016. Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm way out of yeah, way. That's 20, cool. 2012. 2012. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. February 2012. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And were you, I mean, do you remember just sort of every step of the way? I mean, because it's, I, it, it doesn't always happen that way that you start at the farmer's market, then you go here, then you go there, then you grow, then you grow again. It doesn't. I mean, you're right. And, and I was lucky, but I do think many aspects of the way we did it um, are, um, are you can, re, you can replicate it. Yes. Yeah, so uh, entrepreneurs can replicate. Yeah. And one thing we had for us move, um, going for us right out of the gate was um, a focus on the brand and design. Um mm-hmm. And um, starting in the farmer's market, right? Yeah. Farmer's market was an opportunity for us to um, put our public, our, our product out into the public and get immediate feedback yep. every single week, right? Yeah. And people, Where were you? Which farmer's market? It was, uh, uh, it was in Studio City, um, right. which is um, uh, in the Valley in LA. Right. Got it. Um, and you get feedback every week and it became something one that we looked forward to because yeah. you'd be in this, in the hole of entrepreneurship all week handling every problem thrown at you. And then on Sunday morning, the sun would come out and yeah. have product laid out and customers would start showing up yeah. and some would love it. Some wouldn't get it. Some would, yeah. everyone has advice for you and you could just, you know, absorb it. And yeah. each week we just improved and improved. That's why I love demos. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing a demo for some time. Sure. And some of that advice would start to get like, let me tell you how I make my, you know. And uh, like, Right, right. But it is, there's something about, I mean, I think going back to your like entrepreneur as creative, mm-hmm. right? Like 
there is something about the creative where we feel like we've put this thing into the world, almost like this sort of um, sensitive artiste, right? Like mm -hmm. we don't love criticism of our babies. We don't love people to be like, well, I don't really see it. I'm not really, mm. you know. Right, but right. On the other hand, there's like, most of us don't want to just be like alone with our products. Like artists do want, they create yes. art mostly for the world to engage with it, you know? Yes. And so mm -hmm. there is something really like, I don't know, grounding and fun. And no feeling, I'm sure you agree. There's no better feeling in the world than when someone lights up when they try mm -hmm. your product or mm -hmm. they tell you a story about how it changed their day or their mm -hmm. week or their life. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it's like a drug. I mean, I think we're all kind of addicted to it. Absolutely. Um, so, you, so do you think it was the branding? Do you think it was like, what do you think it was that kind of got you from a great farmer's market product to on the shelves of Whole Foods? It, it had to do with the uh, the branding, our approach. I mean, we were called Secret Squirrel, right? Which back mm -hmm. then was kind of weird in, uh, <laughs> in a, uh, an era where uh, all the third uh, wave Very coffee cool. brands were like ultra cool. Yes. Right, too cool for school sort of brands, unapproachable. And my yeah. whole idea was to make create a coffee brand that was approachable, right. um, that did invite people in and was easy to use, which is why we made a concentrate that you only had to pour a little bit into your glass and then add your add in your milk or water or almond milk or whatever to create yeah. a coffee shop um, experience. Right. Uh, yeah. that, that was huge. Uh, and the other aspect was just the quality of the product um, mm -hmm. that we created. And finally, an, another aspect is that we were creating something that people were familiar with. That right. helped us a ton. It wasn't like, um, like let's say, uh, the kombu for kombucha, right? Yeah. Uh, kombucha, back in the day, oh, man, it was a lot of explaining to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it has a flavor profile that's something completely different than what, yeah. what people are used to. But coffee's coffee. Right. Yeah. So we just say, well, we're coffee and most people love coffee. And then you got to tell a little story about why your coffee, our coffee was better than, right. um, you know, standard brewed coffee. All, yeah. all that stuff sort of, we caught a wave um, in, in that regard. And, and you, also, by the time, I mean, you were deliberate mm -hmm. about it too. You know, I mean, Absolutely. It's, you knew exactly what you were doing when you did that, which was I, yeah. smart. Yep. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and it, it caught on so that, um, at a, at a certain point, our, our reputation preceded us. Right. right? And by the time I got in front of a Whole Foods buyer uh, with my broker, um, her, her husband, uh, our buyer, um, her husband um, was already uh, was already using our product. Right. Right. Yep. So I mean, you know, if you've, if you've gotten that far, <laughs> you know, you're you're in a you're in a good spot. So naturally, you know, we got into um, Whole Foods um, uh, pretty early on. And do you remember the growing pains? I mean, do you remember when you had to move from a smaller production kitchen to another thing? Absolutely. Do you remember each step of the way? And, I and, do. I do. Yeah. We first started in a shared kitchen uh, that was about um, uh, 45 minutes, an hour away from my from our house. And I was working full time still. Uh -huh. um, and uh, the coffee requires 18 to 22 hours to brew. Yeah. Right. So I'd have to go. Um, at a set time and then return <laughs> at a time uh, to filter. So I'd go set it all up and then I drive home and then uh -huh. I have to go back, you know, at X time. And I forget all the, the times, but I, I do remember always oftentimes having to go there at about four o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I drive up, I do all the filtering <laughs> um, yeah. or maybe I do the setup in the morning. I don't know. And then I drive directly to work in right. traffic. Like I put yeah. myself in a bed, I drive to, drive to work in traffic. That was in the shared kitchen. Then later on, we um we started actually sharing a facility with the kombucha company. Right, um, I mentioned to you, and that was an amazing partnership because we went from a small facility that was about a thousand square feet total. It was mm -hmm. a weird sort of space um, that was um, that actually had all the um, was approved by the health department, right? And um, I basically had a stainless steel table on one side of the room, and he had a stainless steel table on the other. And we'd mm -hmm. be standing there hand filling our bottles right. uh, at, at, together. And then from there, we moved to a much larger facility yeah. um, in uh, just outside of downtown um, LA. And uh, both of our businesses um, grew, but the pains were, were around uh, producing, uh, getting more product in. Because again, I knew nothing about CPG. And initially I was buying coffee from a local roaster. Right. Like, and it was sort of like, it wasn't wholesale. It was sort of like uh, cheap retail, 
Right. right. That's what a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then I had to find out where are you getting these beans? And he wouldn't tell me. And then, you know, then I had to go, then I had to go start buying beans from someone else and find another roaster. And then I have to negotiate to buy one bag of beans. And they're like, really? You right. want one bag? But I talked them into it. They sent right. it to me. And then we just, we just, you know, grew up from there. But at every step of the way, as our volumes went up, I had to find new ways um, to produce more product in a category where there was no pathway laid out because no yeah. one was doing cold brew coffee. There were no co-packers at all right. for cold brew coffee. So we had no choice but to figure it out. And ultimately yeah. we just sort of followed the, um, the beer industry um, and, and the way they do things with tanks and, um, and, uh, and, and whatnot too. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, it's funny because part of it's like, I don't know. I always go back to sort of like, here I am with my metaphors, but like right. babies that walk before they crawl, they, they miss out something. They, mm-hmm. they miss something very fundamental and kind of like connecting again, like, there are two hemispheres of their brain. There's something yes. in the crawling that's important. Mm-hmm. And I think of that a lot, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you gotta, you've, you've gotta crawl before you can walk. And, mm-hmm. and it's not just because it, it's somehow this like humbling experience. It's because you mm-hmm. learn everything about your business. I know more now about the safety mechanisms in place at my co-packer mm-hmm. than I did a week ago. Mm-hmm. And right. Know, like I'm, I'm happy. I know that now, you know, mm-hmm. and it's important. Right. I know that now, and it's, right. I'm not kicking myself for not knowing every intricate detail of like mm-hmm. the washes and the things like that, because mm-hmm. you also have to delegate. But right. the more that you know about your own business, the more confident you can be in it. And, Absolutely. You know, having those growing pains is critical because you're not really ready. You know, I remember having John Lawson on a year and a half ago and he's the Northeast uh, whole foods buyer. And he's just, he was so, he was so clear that, you know, start in the 14, you know, New York city stores, don't start global, you know, don't start regional, like, cause you are going to have errors. Mm -hmm. Everyone does. And when you make those errors in 14 stores, they're manageable and they're great learning experiences and they're great for your team. When you mm-hmm. make those errors with 500 stores, it's a whole different can of beans. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it's, all right. So in, in, in that time, do you have, let's take three to five things that you wish someone had told you when you were building Secret Squirrel or that you wish you had like taped on your laptop or on the wall in front of you or at that table standing across, you could have been holding a sign for the kombucha guy and mm-hmm. he was holding a sign for you. Like, <laughs> right. What, what do you think were the kind of things that kept coming up that you feel like you finally maybe integrated? In sure. That Got it. I can think of a few things. Um, and I always think like more, uh, more broadly, cause I mean, there's some specific things specific right. to cold brew coffee <laughs> that mm-hmm. I, I, I could talk about, but, um, but, as I move into uh, Snack Jones, which is um, yeah. a completely different sort of business, I always think about the, the broader lessons. And one of those that comes to mind is um, celebrate um, all, all your wins, no matter how small or how large. I mean, literally celebrate. And I have a bunch of mini bottles of champagne in my refrigerator right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't care what we, how we win with Snack Jones. I break out that little bottle and a couple coffee cups with my wife right. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, we just did blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> Celebrate mm-hmm. because what I missed with what secret squirrel was celebrating anything. Yeah. We had huge wins all along the way. And all we could do was you'd, you, you'd feel the hit like, yeah. And then you, we immediately start worrying, worrying yep. about the next thing. Yep. And what that does for you over time is that you, you forget that you are making good progress and that you are yep. being successful in many different ways. Um, but it's just important to cel- celebrate wins uh, at all times. Yep. Um, I still remember when I got into Whole Foods, um, mm-hmm. I remember the moment. I remember when I got the phone call from my broker. I was walking out of Starbucks, and the sun was shining just so. And it was a it was a, a brick um, uh, ledge, and um, and I picked up the phone. He goes, "You know, you you got into uh, you know South Pacific 
um, south, whatever, uh, for Wolf yes, Right. And I just remember I just sat down and I was like, wow. But I don't yeah. remember celebrating it. I don't remember yeah. really. <laughs> I just remember the moment. That's not that's not good. Yeah. Um, my other uh, thing I like uh, I've, I've been thinking about is and this goes back to something you mentioned earlier in the conversation um, about people. Uh, everyone has advice for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of it's um, it's all well-meaning. Yeah. Um, and but none of it's uh not a lot of it is supportive <laughs> of whatever whatever you're doing, right? Um, so I've I've incorporated this thing. So instead of being defensive about what people say to me, I've been tried I've tried to be a much more open, right? No yeah. matter what the criticism is, I'm like, okay, I want to say that's crazy. You don't understand, and then I think, hold on, I'll just take it, and then yeah. I'll noodle on it. And you know what? Oftentimes, um, there's, a there's a nugget in there. I reframe it, right? And I find something that's beneficial to the business. I've been doing that over and over with Snack Jones, and it's just getting better and better. So to that, what I say is, I say, um, hear everyone, uh, but listen to no one. And, yeah. and what I'm getting at is that you should listen to yourself. And people have a lot of comments, but you got to mix it in with what you know about your goals and your vision oh. and create a solution that's good uh, That's good for you. That's a really um, good one. So, yeah. Did so, you know about Friday Night Lights? Uh, no, I didn't. I missed that. <laughs> Again, I don't know what's going on in my brain today, but I was listening. I just was remembering when you were saying that there was a scene. I, I loved Friday Night Lights. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm from New York. I've never played football. <laughs> I thought the coach was hot. I thought the coach's wife was hot. I thought right. everyone was hot. It was just a fun show. But basically, How old were you? Point, I mean, <laughs> Sounds like you were of an age. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, I think in my 30s when it, I don't know. I don't remember when the show was on, but it was, I definitely had kids. Like it was not when I was a teenager. Okay. Okay. The recent. <laughs> Uh, decade but there's something where like one of the football players like goes on like the wrong path you know and the coach who's like this just great handsome nice man mm -hmm. you know sits him down and he he gave him some speech like you listen to the people that love you and you mm -hmm. listen to the people who have your best interest at heart like mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. else is just noise yes and right you know, it's, it's, it's knowing who loves you enough to either tell you the hard truth or when, when they're being genuine, you know, but mm -hmm. anyway, that's, you just reminded me of it. Okay. So let's talk about Snack Jones. Okay. Um, I, for one, am very excited. I have definitely, I feel like the subscription idea to a curated box of mm -hmm. snacks Mm -hmm. I, I don't know any, I'm, I'm imagining there are others out there. I don't really know, but I love the idea of it. Mm -hmm. And I am wondering, there's the wrestling, um, you know, a, where mm -hmm. it came from B how you're sort of building it and differentiating it, keeping in mind all the things you, you know, that you learn from secret squirrel. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything that you learn from the three years post acquisition that you're also applying to this new business. Got it. Got it. I'd say, so yes, yeah, snack Jones, uh, the best and better for you snacks delivered to your doorstep or, <laughs> or uh, the online destination for consumers to discover, try and buy the best and better for you snacks. I've been working on a few uh, different ways to describe it. <laughs> right. um, but still working um, on the, the deal is there are, there are actually a lot of, uh, snack subscription boxes, mm -hmm. right? And this is actually my uh, my biggest challenge um, for the business is that while uh, Snack Jones presents as um, as a snack box, um, we're not a subscription snack box, right? Oh. Uh, what I'm creating is more like a, um, a a shopping opportunity. I mean, the business models between uh, a classic subscription snack box and our model are are complete are completely different. Wow. And, okay. Yeah. Well, so I positioned it that way. I definitely yeah. <laughs> and, and what I want to do is like create another, um, uh, a, another way of shopping for consumers. Right. right? Um, because when my, uh, when my contract ended and I was uh, free to, you know, create again, um, I was, I was, you know, how you create ideas based upon your, ex your own experiences. That's, sure. that's what entrepreneurs do. Um, I had um, a frustration with the way uh, distribution works for uh, CPG grocery 
mm -hmm. um, broadly speaking. Um, you know, just in the ways sometimes uh, you have to, uh, in the ways that distributors and retailers interact with you that aren't positive, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought there's got to be a better way because you don't have a choice, right? You have to deal with some, some of these issues. And yeah. my first idea was a, 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 a grand reimagining of CPG distribution. Right. <laughs> and I laid it all out. And then I, and then I took a step back and thought, that's too much. I can't. Yeah, like I, I can't. Thrive kind of like uh, that type of grand reimagining or mm -hmm. is that what you mean? Like a, like a, like a, like an e-com site where it's direct and. Yeah. Yeah. I had a whole solution for every category of grocery uh, that would get you around like a standard distributor and would have everyone selling more directly to consumers. Right. right. And that would be taking advantage of like local because, you know, there's a butcher in mm -hmm. your city right now. Right. He, You could buy meat from him. You don't have to go to right. a big a big grocery store. There's a baker. Yeah. Um, there's a produce. Um, there's er everything's there. And I just had this idea about getting it all into one and making it easy for consumers um, overall. But the idea is, is just at the That's moment, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's too big, right? So I thought, but what is working in this I, in this concept? And that's where I kind of got focused on snacks um, because it is the fastest growing uh, category in grocery. Um, they're lightweight, like, they're shelf stable. Yeah, they're the most fun. No one's unhappy about a snack, right? Yeah. Um, they're the least amount of work. Yeah. Um, and there's so much innovation. In, in the snack category right now, right? So so these all these different areas all came together to think that's, for me to think that's something I should focus on. And what I wanna do is create a different shopping experience so that I can't solve the chore of grocery shopping with this concept, right? You still, go, you still have to go, right? <laughs> but yeah. I wanted to um, lessen the chore. Like maybe yeah. you don't need to walk down the snack aisle. You know, if I get Snack Jones right, you don't have to buy snacks at the grocery store, right? right. You can go buy some other stuff but you're going like to um, in the refrigerated section. <laughs> um, what's, what's that? I said like sauce in the refrigerated. Yeah. Section. Like sauce in the refrigerated yeah, section. You can focus on buying sauce and you can get your snacks from snack. Jones. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> exactly. You can just walk the perimeter. Get your sauce, head on home and, uh, and cook up a delicious meal. Um, so, um, you know, that was sort of, that's the vision for Snack Jones. I feel like everyone's moving online more, uh, more and more uh, for shopping, but everyone's trying to solve the whole problem all at once. Right. I thought, let me hone in on one area that's the most robust, vibrant, and fun, uh, create an experience out of it, um, and then hopefully uh, create a platform uh, that will allow me to, to do other things um, that, I, that I have in mind. But today, right. it's around go to the website. Uh, choose a curated box so you don't have to think about all these quote unquote weird snacks and brands you've never heard of, right? I'm going to give you a box. Um, or if you're in the know, you can click around and Make put your it. own box together. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then we'll ship it to you. And then we're going to create incentives for you to come back. And we're going to, you know, we're going to make it fun. Um, the whole package. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's the core of the idea. Um, some of the lessons I, I learned um, you know, beyond those, the couple of things we just mentioned around, um, you know, uh, remembering your wins and, yeah. um, and whatnot. Um, I, I think focus, yeah. I'm sorry. Hear everyone listen to no one. That yes, exactly. Idea. That was the other one. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and <laughs> uh, the other idea is around, um, I mean, uh, focus is key to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's real important, yeah. you know, as an entrepreneur, uh, me and many others, uh, have a problem with too many ideas, yeah. right? Um, and it's important to focus all the time. So I'm always like, I could, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this, and then I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Let's focus on um, on this particular thing. Um, and that's that's what I'm doing with Snack Jones right now. I'm just trying to get uh, um, uh, make it so consumers can easily discover, try, and buy all these great snacks out there. And I want to help entrepreneurs, which is the other component of this. Yeah. That's amazing. Build awareness yeah. and get new yes. consumers and drive trial and all that. Absolutely. That's so important because, again, coming out of my last situation, I kept thinking about all the ways that I uh, dealt with self-inflicted wounds. I was yeah. stepping on rakes left and right, and it was not necessary. And we were lucky enough and hardworking enough to push our way through, but it didn't have to be that way, right. which is why I'm happy. I, I feel um, uh, emails and direct messages, whatever I invite it because I want to tell people like, Oh, that's great. You're doing the right thing, but don't forget to think about this. Don't forget right. to think about that. You'll save yourself a lot of drama in the future. 
um, believe me, and this isn't, none of this stuff is rocket science, right? right? Um, but it just needs to be known. So I like to share my advice to, with people, but I want to create, a, but I thought the best way for me to support entrepreneurs was to create a way for them to uh, generate revenue to yeah. build their brand. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, yeah. You know, the focus thing is interesting. I don't know if you listened to the Bill Creelman episode, but um, from Spindrift, he was yep. on. Mm-hmm about six months ago or something. And his whole mantra is simplify to amplify, whether mm, it's your absolutely for the year, your KPI, your team, That's great. Your, lineup, your SKUs, your messaging, mm-hmm. just the more, and, and I've seen it with, you know, because we, even in our marketing, you know, our website until this, I mean, it's still up now, but we're redoing our whole website now that we've closed the cooking school and the event mm-hmm. space you know, you had to kind of go through three different pages to find sauce. And mm-hmm. that's because we had a cafe menu and we had mm, a wedding right. and we had, you know, cooking classes. And I mean, we had so much going on mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, there's, while I'm sad about kind of losing the brick and mortar, I can also see that there's something that's getting very polished and mm-hmm. sharpened mm-hmm. about, our focus and about the way that we're telling the story to our consumers, because someone in Birmingham, Alabama doesn't care that we could host your wedding. Mm-mm, like they want right. to know what do I do with the sauce and what the hell is chimichurri? Right. Sure. So yep. It's like, and, and it lends itself to even, you know, our team goals. You don't, mm-hmm. we don't have five or six goals. We have mm-hmm. maximum three maximum, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, and even telling what is, what is Snack Jones? What is Haven's Kitchen? All of these things, like the tighter and the simpler and the cleaner you can get it all, mm-hmm. you know, because there's so much out there. There's so many people talking and getting like to cut right through it, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. tell me about some of the cool things that you're doing in the last couple of minutes. Like, are mm-hmm. you fun things that are making either the consumer experience groovy or, you know, brands that you're discovering or like what's going to be, you know, presumably September, we're all going to be able to go on to snackjones.com mm-hmm. yep. and make our own boxes mm-hmm. um, or have you make them for us. Right. Um, right. Tell me a little bit about the fun stuff that's happening. That, that is the plan in, in September, we're going to make this, um, uh, reveal this to the world. <laughs> um, I, th- I think the fun things are my one. I love creating. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this is the most. This is the most fun part uh, in a lot of ways, right? Like, yeah. what's the site going to look like? Um, yeah. And because I'm a tech guy, I get all into. I get into the information architecture <laughs> yeah, and, and the layout. And um, lately, I've been thinking a lot about um, uh, marketing. How we're going to market this? How we're going to attract right. uh, consumers? Uh, um, uh, to our uh, to our website and it's all just getting into those nitty-gritty details um uh, it's just really the most fun um but uh, it's not the most fun because actually the most fun is interacting with the brands yeah um, um you know because of this indiegogo campaign that we ran um i had opportunity to really develop relationships with a number of the brands that will be part of the platform mm-hmm. at launch and i got and i developed these relationships over the past six months or so making phone calls a yeah. cold call. Hey, how's it going? I'm Trevor. Like I'm from brand. Secret Squirrel. I like <laughs> your blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, you got great branding, got great communication. You got a great formulation. I think um, it's probably going to taste good. So send me a sample. <laughs> Let's work together. <laughs> I've done this over and over and over. And now I, what I have is like this little, this small group of people that are like um, cheering me on. Go, yeah. go, go. Yeah. <laughs> right. All along the way. And and what I do in exchange um, for their support is that I'm constantly sharing information with them. Right. Yeah. Like just for the fun of it, I'll go look and see if someone has properly registered their name at, at, at the US uh, PTO. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they haven't, I'll send them an email. I'm like, hey, you know, you don't want to step on this race. Yeah, you're right? like the snack whisperer. Yeah, I'm the snack whisperer. I'm like, you need to get your tra- your, uh, your IP together, all right? Yeah. This is not a game. You're going to suffer for it greatly in the future, right? Listeners, uh, that's intellectual property. If you don't yeah. know IP, every yeah, time the- I use an acronym, I try to just spell it out just in case. So, oh, God, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, and USPTO, uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other one. <laughs> your IP lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's... 
the, the other day I noticed a brand um, had the uh, words organic on the back of their packaging, but uh-huh. they're not organic certified. Right. right. I'm like, no, 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 don't do right. that. Yeah. Anyway, that all plays into our, our, our mission and our goal to support brands. Um, and it's fun. Um, yeah. and that's, and that's a lot of what's fun right now. And it's, I think it's only going to become more fun once we actually launch and we start getting feedback from consumers and we start solving that problem. And then all the ideas I have around, um, ways that we can present and communicate our offerings and our, and, and create certain types of content. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's because we're focused. Yeah. Um, And and what did Bill Curlman say? You said, uh, simplify to amplify, amplify. If you simplify, you can amplify like crazy because we're not talking about everything. We're just talking about snacks, (laughs) right? That presents all types of opportunities. Um, Logistics question for you. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to ask you the last question. Um, Mm -hmm. are you, are you holding inventory or are you, have you like, did you decide to, are you doing it on consignment or are they, yeah. you're just kind of the, the conduit? And no, the, no, no conduit. Yeah, a conduit cannot provide the full experience to consumers. We right. are definitely holding, holding product. We're going to pack right. the box. We're going to cool. create the experience because yeah. how, do you, how do you drive trial? How do you properly right. drive trial unless a consumer can buy one or two of a particular right. SKU? as opposed right. to a case, right? So right. we want to uh, provide consumers the opportunity to put these boxes together the way they want. Um, and and for us to, um, you know, ship a branded box, um, handle all communication to and fro and the, the whole package. Um, so you're really- going to have a big warehouse of snacks. Yes. Okay. Yes. With, with security guards, with security guards. <laughs> Looking out for you. <laughs> I, yeah, because I'm definitely going to be like, hey. <laughs> um, okay, this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Last question. Mm-hmm. Um, best moment along the way. You've had a lot. What would you say would be kind of the top? Top. Hmm. You know? Wow, the best moment along the way. Well, wow. I don't know. I have, I've, I've been into celebrating all these small moments that they all start to just be together. But I, I think the best single moment I can recall was really when we got into Whole Foods, Secret yeah. Squirrel. It was so amazing. And I had a feeling you were going to say that. And that's why mm-hmm. I chose that question. It wasn't mm-hmm. the sale. It wasn't it what? It wasn't the sale. It wasn't. No, it was not the sale. No, 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 no. I've heard that so many times. And that's why I chose that instead of like best advice. Like, because. Mm-hmm. I, I think that goes to the beginning of the conversation. There is no top of the mountain. And and even in this weird CPG world, when you hear about companies selling and getting bought by strategics and these crazy mm-hmm. numbers, these crazy valuations, most of the founders that I've spoken to who have had those moments would not say that those mm-hmm. were their best moments of their entrepreneurial journey. And not I think that's really even telling. close. Yeah. Right. Very yeah. telling. In fact, for me, it was the worst. It was the uh, the, the, the worst mistake. It was the worst mistake I ever made. <laughs> so it's yeah. really not <laughs> ranking uh, high. We uh, don't know that. In my experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope it wasn't. Well, I hope it was the worst mistake you will ever make. If that's the case, because then it's yeah. like all up from there. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that's a good point. It was good for my investors. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that. But well, personally and professionally, uh, yeah. I don't know. The opportunity cost of spending three years working yeah. in a, a completely different alien culture um, was immense. Yeah. Um, so that said, I learned a ton um, yeah. and I'm better for it, but I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Amazing. Trevor, thank you so, so much, everyone. Um we don't have that long to wait until we can go to snackjones.com and make our boxes or get Trevor's choices for us. Um, <laughs> this is super helpful. Thank you so much. I took a lot of notes. And Thank you, on the episodes where I take a lot of notes, I know that there's like a lot of just stuff in there. Um, so Jess, thank you so much. I don't think we had any real technical difficulties. So this was a good one. Um, thank you, Jess, for being a great engineer. Thanks everyone for listening. I am just keeping going. I think I'm booked with guests through like November. I had to stop. So we've got lots of really good content coming your way. Lots of really great guests. Um, and, um, I really appreciate everyone reaching out. Thank you so much for listening. Trevor, nice meeting you. Thank you, Allison. You're doing a good, a good thing. Good job. Love it.
Um, and I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.